Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Hello, Dr. Lucy. How are you today? Dr. Mary Barson, I am blimmin' fantastic. Very, very well. You know, one of my superpowers is sleep. And every now and then I get a bit behind in my sleep, not for any reason other than probably, you know, my slant addiction to Netflix that I'm working on. But the last two nights in a row, I've had magnificent sleeps and I just find them so beautifully restorative and set me up for the day. So that is really why I'm feeling wonderful. What about you? How are you, darling? I'm good. I'm also a little sleep deprived due to external factors such as a fairly grueling on-call weekend and I'm taking measures to just be kind to myself so that I can get through this relative fatigue and um, get back to my normal self as soon as possible. Well, what a wonderful segue into today's topic. One of our pillars is self-compassion, and I'm always calling you the compassion queen because it is totally your jam. But I think we have this wonderful saying that you cannot hate yourself thin or you cannot berate yourself well. So, Dr. Mary, I would love it if you would just expand upon some of those concepts because what does that actually mean in real life for our listeners? Yes, self-compassion is an essential part of health and well-being and is indeed an essential part of behaviour change and health change. So what we do at Real Life Medicine is we help people get well, lose weight and empower people to take charge of their health. And an essential part of changing your behaviour, which is hard to be honest, is actually being kind to yourself and compassionate. And compassion, in what it means at its core, compassion is to be aware of suffering in others and yourself and wanting to alleviate it. So often people feel that they cannot like themselves if they're overweight and that they have to withhold their self-love until they reach, you know, 10 kilos lighter. Once I'm 10 kilos thinner, then I'll be okay. Then I'll feel all right about myself. You know, then it will be okay to like myself. You know, if only I could get my blood pressure down, then I would be okay. Then I would be a reasonable human. And apart from being a horrible place to live and a horrible place for your brain to be, it actually can sabotage our efforts at changing. So we are all about helping people change their food, improve their sleep, manage their stress, all of these things that ultimately heal the metabolic causes of weight gain and allow people to lose weight naturally and sustainably. And as you embark upon these changes, you must be kind to yourself. And I'm going to illustrate this with a story. 
It's a story that I hear time in, time out, all the time from the wonderful people that we've got in our Real Life Medicine program, the wonderful patients that we have in our clinics. And the story goes like this. Samantha is a 45-year-old woman who's had lifelong issues with her weight and has been a professional yo-yo dieter for the last 20 years. She is embarking upon the Real Life Medicine program and she is utterly determined to change to real food, low carb, to throw herself in and really give this a go. She's got lots of hang-ups from her time being enthralled to the diet culture and yo-yo dieting, and she's not all that confident of her ability to change, but she's going to do it anyway. Samantha is absolutely determined that she's only going to eat on plan, just green list foods, that's it. And that is what she's going to do. Then one evening, her best friend comes around having a horrible time with her marriage, really needing some comfort and solace. And her friend has brought over some ice cream and Tim Tams and wants to have a chat plus a bottle of wine. And in that setting, Samantha has the wine and the ice cream and the Tim Tams and talks to her friend and engages in this soothing strategy that her friend has instigated, one that is very familiar to her. And then after her friend's gone, she's got a choice. And what often happens is, so Samantha's gone off plan. What does she do now? Does she just go, does she throw in the towel and say, I knew I couldn't do this, I'm hopeless, what's the point anyway? Finish off the entire pack of Tim Tams and then tomorrow morning go and buy more Tim Tams and just eat all the bread and continue to go on a massive car binge because what does it matter? I knew I couldn't do this anyway. Or does she view this, this episode with a little bit of kindness and self-compassion? Because that is another possibility. She could berate herself for doing so badly or she could view this slip with compassion and kindness and allow herself to get back on track. That is where compassion and kindness becomes essential to ongoing behaviour change. So self-compassion provides this space and this emotional safety to first identify the slip up, to first realize that you did it and to understand it and learn from it whilst all the time still feeling good about yourself and treating yourself with kindness. You know, self-compassion allows us to forgive, learn and move on versus hate, berate and throw it all in. Oh, I love that. I love that. Can you just say that again? So self-compassion provides the space for us to be able to learn from our slip-ups, to understand them, forgive them, and just move on and keep going rather than hate, berate, and throw it all in. And you know that there's actually um, scientific study and research in self-compassion. So it's not just a story. It doesn't just sound true, but it is in fact scientifically validated to be true. 
um, studies looking at people's self-compassion levels and their ability to engage in healthy behavior change have been around for many decades. And it shows this positive correlation. If you are able to be kind to yourself, you're more likely to be able to stick to a healthy behavior change. And the wonderful thing is, the truly empowering thing is that self-compassion is a learned skill. You can learn it. For some people, it can seem very, very strange and foreign. Some people have quite a lot of difficulty viewing themselves with kindness, but it can be learned. And indeed, it has got three main components to it all of which are skills that we can develop. And we love teaching these skills at Real Life Medicine. I'll go through the three steps to self-compassion now that will help people stay on track with their behavior change. Oh, I'm excited to hear these three steps. I'm thinking, wow, excellent. Good. (laughs) Give me a framework. Perfect. Good. We do love a framework at Real Life Medicine. Yeah, so look, this is not mine. This is well-validated psychological research. Uh, The three steps to building and maintaining self-compassion. One is to be kind to yourself. And although this is a really simple concept, for many this can actually be hard to do. Some people can just naturally be kind and forgiving, but for others, it can be quite difficult. So I teach a little visualization exercise, whereas say in the context of having a slip up, rather than hate and berate yourself, you know, for your weakness, your foolishness or whatever it is, imagine what you would say to a beloved friend or a beloved child who made some kind of slip up or mistake, you know, just was acting human, what would you say to them? I mean, if a toddler is learning a new skill, you know, learning to eat with a spoon and instead of getting it in their mouth, spills applesauce on the floor, are you going to hate and berate that toddler and tell them that they're hopeless and stupid and they'll never, ever be able to use a spoon? Of course not. Like, of course not. You would say, oh, well, keep going. Good work. You know, maybe demonstrate how you do it. So kind of imagine what you would say to a child or a friend and then internalize it back on you. That is a way to try and develop self-kindness. Do you know what I think is interesting, though, about that point? And that is probably how parenting styles have changed over the decades, because certainly in maybe the olden days, whenever they were, if you're talking to my children, the 90s are the olden days, (laughs) but it used to be children were, you know, there were those phrases, children are seen and not heard. There was a much greater punishment sort of culture that, you know, you used more stick, less carrot. And so I think for, again, people perhaps of of my generation in their 50s or 60s, that maybe this is part of the reason why it is difficult for them to have self-compassion. They've never had it modelled to them. Absolutely. And so it it really is a whole new thought pattern and and a whole new skill. Mm. Good. Step one, I interrupted you. So step one, be kind to yourself. What's step two? 
Well, step two is understand that you are human and that I love humans. Humans are by far my favourite animal on this planet. I am just constantly in awe of all the wonderful and interesting humans that I get to meet. And the one thing that all humans have in common is that they are human. And we're... (laughs) Yes, profound, Mary. I know, right? We're humans. We are flawed and fallible. We all are. We're all going to stuff up in small and big ways all the time in all spheres of our lives. It's just going to happen. You know, we are each of us unique and wonderful but fallible. And it is okay to not be perfect. It's totally okay to make mistakes, particularly in the sphere of behaviour change when learning a new skill takes a bit of practice, a bit of time. Changing a habit takes a bit of practice and it takes a bit of time. And one of our favourite sayings at Real Life Medicine is we need progress, not perfection. We don't expect perfection. Perfection is, it's not possible and it is not required. We need progress. And I think that we really, really love emphasising that because, and again, back to last week's episode on diet culture, it was always about perfection. I remember when I'd step on the scales at Weight Watchers and if I hadn't lost any, somebody would quiz me, what did you eat? And it'd be like, oh, well, you know, I did have a quarter of a peanut butter sandwich. Oh, well, that'll be it then. That'll be it. That's why you haven't lost any weight. It's like, oh, okay. And so perfection was totally not just encouraged, almost demanded. And again, that sets us up for failure because as humans, in fact, as anybody, any creature, nobody is perfect. So we actually have to change that story in the head from being perfect to almost celebrating our imperfections because we are not and never will be perfect. Absolutely. And we just don't need to be. So we have got step one, be kind to yourself. Step two, understand and embrace your humanity, your flawed, fallible humanity. And then the third step to cultivating this self-kindness and self-compassion is to be mindful. Mindfulness is a simple, important and very obtainable skill that has heaps of benefits for our health and well-being. And in the setting of being able to be kind to yourself when moving forward, progressing with the behaviour change, mindfulness allows us to find this gap, a space between any stimulus, and in this case it might be eating the Tim Tams with your friend, and the response. Do you then just throw the towel in and eat the rest of the Tim Tams and hate and berate yourself, or do you take a moment, be kind to yourself, accept your humanity, and move on? It's being mindful. And in a simple way, mindfulness is the ability to bring your attention to your experiences in the present moment in a non-judgmental way. And this is a skill that you can practice five minutes a day by simply focusing on your breathing, focusing on a tree outside. For a few minutes each day, you 
build these mental muscles where you can allow yourself to observe yourself in a non-judgmental way. And it is all about finding that mental space, that gap where you can choose your response. Absolutely. And it really is the pause, isn't it? I mean, we do try and teach even children this where people will often say, count to 10 before you do something. Doing that gives you that little, just that time, that pause to be able to to change your reaction, if you like. So there is an action and a reaction. And then you, you actually have a little moment to go, actually, I can do this. Super, super important. Dr. Mary, you have given us so many insights today. I love it. I totally love it. Thank you very much. I love it too. It is the essence of enjoyable behaviour change and effective behaviour change, being kind to yourself, understanding that you're human and being mindful and incorporating just a five-minute mindfulness practice each day can help you keep cool in the face of those little slip-ups and help us find our self-kindness and tap into that common humanity and let us move on because we need progress, not perfection. Wonderful. We have so much more to say on this, Mary. I think that next week we should continue our conversation because it is one of the foundations for long-term weight loss is actually this self-compassion and kindness. So, my loves, our listeners, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye, everybody. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.